You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein, and we have a barn burner of a matchup this week the Packers and Rams at Lambeau Field on Monday Night Football going into the season this was probably you know one of the matchups circled on everyone's calendar you've got the soup the former or reigning Super Bowl champs coming to Lambeau Field in a primetime matchup Cooper Cup Matt Stafford you know a lot to look forward to snow potentially in the forecast at Lambeau and instead we have a four and nine Rams team um, ranked 29th in the NFL in points for um, no weapons. Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford both on IR and the Packers sitting just down the outside looking in of the playoff picture. So Perry, <laughs> I know pre-show we joked that there was uh, not as much to talk about as maybe we wanted to when it comes to this matchup. But how are you feeling Monday night? I mean, do you think do you feel good about the Packers chances in this one? Yeah, I think this is definitely a game they should win. The Rams are probably having a more disappointing season than the Packers are, which is hard to top coming off of a Super Bowl win. Uh, Talk about a Super Bowl hangover like I've never seen before. They're now on like their fourth or fifth quarterback of the season, having to bring Baker Mayfield in off the street. Um, This one is at Lambeau. It's going to be freezing. I think it's going to be double digits. The Rams and Sean McVay, this will be the coldest game they've ever played, even though they were also at Lambeau last year and it was um, late in the season. So the Packers actually have something to play for as well. I think um, Aaron Rodgers said it, you know, like anything can happen if you win out. They might need some help. But this game, if they lose, is the one that will eliminate them. So it's kind of a must win. It's Rodgers in prime time against an inferior opponent at Lambeau. I feel actually pretty good about their chances. 
Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it, yeah. it kind of benefits the Packers that the, the NFC East kind of has to play each other, you know, throughout the rest of this season, because right now they need, you know, the commanders to lose a couple. They need the Giants to lose a couple. But the most important thing at this point is, like Aaron Rodgers said, you just got to win out and kind of let the chips fall where they may. So the first step in doing that, obviously, is getting healthy and taking a win on Monday night. And all things considered, I mean, having a bye week where the Packers did, you know, arguably they would have liked it a couple weeks ago. But coming off the bye, they're about as healthy as I think they've maybe been all season long. Um, David Bakhtiari was a DNP on Thursday. And then Elton Jenkins, the other DNP. But everyone else, either limited or full. Romeo Dobbs will come back. Um, so, yeah, looks, I mean, all things, you know, considered, optimistically at least, that the Packers will be at full strength for these last four games. Yeah, it's going to be, I think we've been talking about um, getting Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson on the field at the same time, and it looks like Monday night is going to be that game. So there are some other things to look forward to in this one from the Packers' point of view um, and getting to see, I think, the two of them and what they can do against defenses when they're playing together is one of them. Um, I am definitely have tampered expectations because Dobbs is coming off of a pretty long uh you know, ankle, lower leg injury. So he might be on a snap count, but it's going to be great to have him, the do, you know, the two rookies out there together. Yeah. And I mean, we kind of talked about it already, but this is a, a Rams team that's really banged up. So obviously they're without their starting quarterback. They're without their top two wide receivers in this, at this point, um, Aaron Donald is still a DNP um, after the injury he suffered against the Chiefs. So, you know, it kind of sounds like maybe all things are, are looking like he'll end up playing, but he might not play, which would be, you know, a weight off, I think, for that Packers O-line. But this is just yeah. a really interesting matchup, I think, as far as, you know, what the Packers are good at right now, what they're struggling with, and then what the Rams have been able to do with kind of this this hodgepodge makeshift offense that has seen, like you said, I think the fourth quarterback of the season and, you know, a bunch of wide receivers that are buried on the depth chart. Yeah, Aaron Donald playing and not playing is definitely, I think, going to be a key thing to watch the rest of this week. Um, I don't think it matters where the Rams stand in terms of playoff contention or what game it is of the season. Like he always he's just a game wrecker. And if the Packers want a chance here, especially if like we think, you know, David Bakhtiari is not going to be ready to play since his appendectomy, um, they're going to definitely try to, I think, exploit the weakest link on that offensive line if Aaron Donald is playing and more than likely 99 usually wins. So there's not really a way for the Packers to win this if Aaron Rodgers can't stay upright. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the keys to this game as well, which it feels like this could be a key every single week, and yet we still have to talk about it every single week, is the Rams run game. The Rams, I think, have had five games this season over 100 yards rushing, and that's it. So yeah. really struggling. I think they're 31st in the league when it comes to yards per attempt. So theoretically, Still Joe Barry. <laughs> I was gonna say theoretically, this would be, you know, the matchup for the Packers to kind of get right and you know hold the Rams under that 100 yard rushing uh, line, but. We've also seen them give up some historically bad numbers when it comes to their run defense. So if you're looking for a get right game and any talks of running the table or, you know, winning these last four, knowing the kind of backs you have coming with Delvin Cook, you know, you've you've got to start here with the Rams and you've got to shut down this run game. Because if this offense becomes one dimensional, I think, you know, it plays into the Packers favor if that one dimension is through the air. 
Yes, definitely. Especially with Baker Mayfield. We saw what the Packers were able to do to him when, albeit he was on the Browns. Last year at Lambeau, he threw multiple interceptions. The Packers won that game on Christmas. You were there. I was there. Um, You were there. So, yes, to your point about the running backs, it's also been an interesting revolving door um, in the running back room this year. They went with Cam Akers, then they benched Cam Akers, then they went with Daryl Henderson, then they cut Daryl Henderson, and now Cam Akers is back from some kind of personal leave. So if there was ever a team that this Packers defense should be able to stop on the ground, it should be the Rams because I've watched a lot of Rams football this season so far, and they do not run the wall well. It's really, it's atrocious, actually. It's embarrassing. And without Cooper Cup, without, not that Allen Robinson did much this season, but they're kind of no names right now in the passing game. You know, when you hear some of those name calls, you're kind of like, who? So, like you said, this should 100% be a game, especially off of some extra rest. Now that everyone on the Packers pretty much, unless you have a season-ending injury, is healthy, like this defense should be going in feeling like, you know, this is our house. Like we, we should be able to stop this team. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And this offense in general for the Rams has struggled quite a bit. I, I mentioned it earlier, but they're 29th in the league in points for. They're only averaging almost like under 17 points a game. I think it was five of their last seven games. They've scored less than 20 points. So obviously we know that the Packers have struggled in that similar vein for most of the season. But the Packers offense is kind of starting to figure it out. And I think that this is a really good test for them because if this does become some type of shootout, which I don't imagine that it will, I think that plays into the Packers' favor because barring, of course, the miraculous Baker Mayfield uh, last-minute heroics to win the game last Thursday night, this isn't a Rams offense that's been very productive and putting up points. Exactly. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's funny because it's a common coaching opponent. You know, so there, there's always that element of the the coaching sideline mind games between Lafleur and McVay, but also like a lot of respect there too. So I always love when, whenever these two and Shanahan in the mix, there two kind of go up against each other because you, I think they bring out the best in each other. Um, I was thinking about things I'd like to see in this game, and like besides the two rookies obviously being on the field, like I would really love to see Lafleur kind of back in his bag with some of his really fun play calls. Um, I'm thinking about earlier this season, but also especially last season when the Packers would come out with their scripted plays, like the first drive of the game, and it would just be just beautiful, you know, like very balanced run pass. Both the backs are going to be healthy this game after rest. Like you said, we're getting 
you got Romeo Dobbs, you got Christian Watson, who's like on a tear. I just would really love to see Matt LaFleur get back to some of his creativity, especially now, you know, Roger's thumb seems to be healed. So there shouldn't be any hindrance there either. Lazard's healthy. Like, let's just get back to some of the Packers like fundamentals, because again, barring whatever happens with Aaron Donald, I think this is a defense that you should be able to do whatever you want to do when it comes to the Packers offense. So here's a question. Since we're talking about the Packers offense a little bit, what do you think happens with Jalen Ramsey? Like, do you think, what if he shadows Christian Watson? Like, do you think that's a matchup we'll see? Or do you think he's just going to kind of take whoever's on his side of the field? I was also thinking about this. (laughs) It, It depends on how they play him. And I think they tend to move him around to get him on the best matchup. And normally they like to have him shadow the one is that Christian Watson now? Like that is, I guess that's the question. Um, I would imagine since Watson has proven time and time again, now this season that he is the big play threat that Jalen Ramsey will be on him. Now, do I think Jalen, Jalen Ramsey is amazing corner. He's one of the best in league. There's only respect on my part for him, but I think one of his weaknesses is on deep balls, right? Like on those 50, 50 shots down the sideline, we've seen him get beat by number one receivers. So I'm not saying Christian Watson is that guy yet, but at the same time, I think this is also a chance for Watson to prove that he can go up against the best and come up with some big plays. And I think Rogers will give him the opportunity to do so. Yeah, I think this kind of goes back to to what you were saying about Matt LaFleur getting creative because even like week two of the season, I think it was in his pressers, he was talking about how there's play designs and everybody's got their bag of tricks. Like there's a bag of tricks for Aaron Jones. There's a bag of tricks, you know, for Christian Watson. And they were kind of starting to explore what the Christian Watson bag looks like. And then he got injured. So I feel like now we're going to see like the Romeo Dobbs bag and each guy having some plays designed for them. You know, if Christian Watson blows the top off a defense, that opens up the underneath for guys like Lazard and Dobbs. So I think that's what makes this so exciting is, you know, yes, they were healthy for like a couple games this season to all together, but we're really starting to see like a healthy offense. And I think it's, it's happening at the right time for them because they're finally starting to click and the connections are there that weren't there early in the season when, you know, there were some players out with injury. Exactly. So what are you, what are some matchups or like parts of this game that you're looking forward to watching? I think we kind of like it's cheating to say that we talked about it already, but it kind of feels like it's going to be an AJ Dillon game, especially if Aaron Donald isn't there um, to kind of take up the middle of the defense. Um, He's I think it was Zach Cruz posted his stats and they're like ridiculously similar to 2021. And I don't know if you agree with this, but I it felt watching the games this season that Dillon wasn't having as productive of a year as he was in 2021, even though his stats are like mirrored images at this point. So I think as we get into the cold weather, you know, he'll be a big factor there. And I'm hoping that he, you know, has his opportunities as the game wears down too, because he's the kind of back that it's cold in December at Lambeau. You don't want to have to tackle him. Yeah, exactly. This is his time to shine. I was very surprised by those stats, um, mainly because I think Aaron Jones has just been such the focal point of the running game, but it is true that they rotate them and, Sure, maybe the first half of the season, Dylan was only getting, you know, two, three yards per carry, but it all adds up when you start to get those touches. And now he's stacking games where he's, I think his last game, he had over 100 yards from scrimmage. So it's sneaky. You're not paying attention as much, but he is, he's a workhorse. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think I don't want to get like too far ahead here, obviously, because we have the Rams on Monday night, but the Packers schedule always seems to align really well with playing cold weather football at Lambeau Field. The fact that three of their four games are at home to kind of close out the season and say what you want about them hosting playoff games and how that doesn't always work out. But the Packers in the regular season historically are very, very good in December and very, very good in cold weather. And we've seen some of their best games and their best moments come in December at Lambeau Field. So taking obviously the outlier that is going to Miami on Christmas Day, where it will be, you know, very hot. Three of their four games are going to be in the cold outside at Lambeau Field. And I think that's where AJ Dillon is going to start really just steamrolling. Yeah, because these teams aren't used to the cold, or some of them are not. Rams are not. Lions play in a dome. And nobody wants to tackle AJ Dillon in the fourth quarter when it's two degrees outside. I don't want to tackle AJ Dillon when it's 70 degrees out and sunny, let alone when it's uh, when it's two degrees out and snowy. So And everything hurts. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, if my guy's AJ Dillon, who's your guy uh, for offense this week or just the rest of the season, I guess, that you're looking forward to? I think Dobbs. I, I just love what he did the first half. And I'm really focused on the future of this team right now. I mean, we're going to have all offseason to talk about who we think is going to be back and who we think is not. And I think there's a lot of players on offense right now who it's a lot of question marks about whether this is their last season with the team or not. So I'm just very focused on who we know is going to be with the team. And this receiver group, we've been saying it for months now, is going to look very, very different this room next year. And um, I loved what Dobbs was able to do in the first half of the season. And I think now that he has a more reliable and consistent counterpart on offense, it's going to be really fun to see what they can do together. I don't want to, again, look too far ahead here, but do you think there's anybody with four games left in the season? Like, do you think any decisions have been made as far as like guys that'll come back or guys that wouldn't, or do you think that there could be players that are playing to keep their jobs at 1265 in these next four games? Like, does it Um, move the needle? I think players should always be playing for their jobs. Well, but do I think that, Brian Gutekunst is thinking about this already. Yeah, that's his job. But do I think anyone in the locker room or coaching staff are thinking about this? No, I don't think that. I think they, one of the keys, I mean, what do I know about being a professional athlete? But I think one of the keys to being a professional athlete is staying in the moment and being present with what you have right in front of you. So I think that's something that I hope and I think that Matt LaFleur has kind of preached since he got to Green Bay, right? Just go one and oh every week. That's been his mantra. So, um, while yes, I'm sure it's in the back of guys' minds because obviously they're human and it's life. Like I think the focus should just be beat the Rams. No, I 100% agree. But I mean, I guess okay, I worded it really terribly. Do you think that Brian Gutekunst has made any decisions, or do you oh, think like guys yeah. can move the needle based on their performances? I mean, no one's moving the needle this season. It's <laughs> overwhelmingly the needle is stagnant, so I doubt it. I think it's just a matter of where what this team looks like after this season and what Goot is going to value most. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got obviously familiarity, but not that much familiarity, I guess, when it comes to the Rams, because so much of the team looks different. You mentioned Baker Mayfield um, coming on Christmas with a very different team, a very good running team uh, last time with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, obviously being the focal point of the Browns offense. So, everything just looks really different for this Rams team. And it's not that high flying offense. I mean, they're one of the best offenses in the NFL last year. And a large part of that was having Matthew Stafford, having Cooper cup. They brought in Allen Robinson. Um, 
So just yeah. it's it's so weird to look at this game critically when so many of the pieces are on a Rams team that at this point has like a one percent chance of actually making the playoffs. They're such a shell of themselves. It's it's sad to watch because it's such a reflection a little bit of what the Packers season has been like, where obviously some of the pieces are not comparable one-to-one. Obviously, Packers still have Aaron Rodgers, et cetera. But just the whole of it, the whole of the team performing and just the underwhelming nature of, of where the season has gone for everyone. I think the Rams have also dealt with just a really horrible injury luck. And at some point that catches up to you, no matter how good of a coach you have, but it's another, again, I'm, I, I would be so curious about these like offseason conversations between friends about like kind of what LaFleur and McVeigh have learned from this very difficult season. Yeah, there's been a lot of teachable moments. And I think, unfortunately, most of them have been, you know, not very positive when it comes to things that you'd want to correct. But obviously, this is a Rams team coming off of, well, they had a six game losing streak and then Baker Mayfield led them to a last second win. So. Wow. Do you think that win does anything for the locker room or do you think, you know, and I mean, is Baker Mayfield like quote unquote figured out now? Because anytime you start randomly for a team, you know, there's not tape on you yet or you in the offense. And, you know, there's kind of a learning curve there for defenses on the fly, but it's been a week now, you know, do you think this does anything different for the Packers? No, I think Baker Mayfield is Baker Mayfield, right? He's very inconsistent. Like that was his, you know, incredible shining moment. And he has those moments in him. And then he has his moments of throwing like multiple interception, just like bonehead play games. So you hope that you get the latter. You're probably going to get somewhere in between, but he's also a pretty common opponent for the Packers at this point. Right. So they have the tape on him. They know the Rams And I think for the Packers, luckily, like Baker is not the most mobile quarterback and they tend to do very well against non-mobile quarterbacks. Baker likes to sling it. Cool. Let the secondary, hopefully, fingers crossed, maybe be a little bit more aggressive and try to make some plays on the ball, especially against a receiving core that has isn't you know, spectacular. Again, they've played against non-spectacular receiving cores this season and non-spectacular quarterbacks, and they slashed them up, i.e. Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. But it's an opportunity to get right and learn from those mistakes in this game. We'll see if the Packers are able to do that because they haven't been able to do that this season, but it's a possibility. Yeah, it's just, I mean, you mentioned it already about this team being a shell of its former self, but even looking at like, like Aaron Donald having five sacks just feels so human. You know, when you're used to him being superhuman, Jalen Ramsey only having one interception, like this is what happens. You know, it's it's kind of the case study. And yes, injuries are a large part of this. But when you go all in and then you lose guys like Bob Miller and OBJ obviously got injured in the Super Bowl. So that one doesn't count as much. But you go all in and you bring in all these pieces. And yes, it paid off. I'm sure none of them would give up their Super Bowl ring for, you know, another another run at it. But now this defense is struggling and this offense is lacking in identity and it's just, you know, I'm curious to see. I think this will be one of those teams where it'll be really interesting to look at in 2023 and see, you know, if they're back in contention or if that was like their one shining moment and then everything is kind of falling apart because they're in salary cap hell, which is something the Packers would know absolutely yeah. nothing about being in salary cap hell. Rams almost have it worse, though, because they don't have any picks either. <laughs> yeah. So we're about to see what going all in really means right everyone was oh why don't they just do what the rams do well yeah they got a ring out of it but let's see what the next couple of seasons look like because if this year is any indication doesn't seem fun i also will say 
they 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 had a comeback drive against the Raiders. The Raiders are also bad. The Raiders are a very bad football team this year. So, and I think I just take everything a little bit with a grain of salt. Like the Packers are a better football team than the Raiders are this year. Sorry, Devante. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And I mean, I think, you know, I guess the the takeaway, whether or not, you know, you're one of those fans sitting at home, a believer that the Packers will make the playoffs or they won't, you know, however you feel about that, technically not eliminated yet, which means we're going to see Aaron Rodgers. We're going to see, you know, the full bag of tricks and, Regardless of what happens next season, I think this is just a really big opportunity for the guys we already mentioned, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Quay Walker, a lot of these guys to get their snaps and just really, you know, start, you know, making a name for themselves and seeing what the what the Packers have in them. Because like you said, we know that next season, a lot of these players um, on both sides of the ball are going to look incredibly different. Yes, they are. Hopefully with a new scheme as well. <laughs> All right, so score predictions? Are we are we doing one of those this week? I mean, it's Monday Night Football, a, a struggling Rams offense. What do you got? Um, you give me yours first because I want to look up Aaron Rodgers' uh, stats in prime time. In prime, I'm sure they're incredible. Um, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna say like 35, 24, okay. and I think 24 is honestly giving the Rams too much credit. I don't know if they'll score 24 points, especially in the cold, but I just see this being like a, like an Aaron Rodgers like vintage prime time. I said, we're going to run the table and I feel like I have to help us run the table. No picks kind of just like a really flawless game. And I think the Packers are going to put up points at home fresh off the bye week with, as you said, Matt LaFleur's uh, creative scheme and his bag of tricks. Yeah. I think it's going to be in the uh, 30s as well. Whoa, I almost said 40s. Um, (laughs) Rodgers has one of the best passer ratings, one of the best performances. I think it's top five I'm looking here in prime time. And he's not himself this season, but he's still Aaron Rodgers. And I think with the rest that they've been able to have, they're going to be able to come out and and put up some points. I'm thinking it's going to be closer than we'd like it to as most games this season has, but I'm thinking like 31, 27. Okay. I'm curious if we'll, if we'll notice a difference with his thumb, because he said, obviously the thumb hasn't done anything with a lot of his throws and he's still connected on deep shots. But I mean, I've never tried to throw a football with a, a busted up thumb, but I can imagine that it does alter things, whether or not you, you know, you feel like it is. So Curious if we'll notice a difference and kind of what the offense will look like if he actually is healing the way that he says he is. But any final thoughts on the game before we wrap this show? No, should be interesting. I'm definitely curious to see how this one goes. Yeah. I, so, all right. That's all the time that we have on this week's episode of Packs What She Said. Both of us taking the Packers at home, continuing their hunt for the sixth or seventh seed. We'll see what happens. But until you know, the Packers are officially eliminated. They're in the hunt. They are technically still in the hunt for a playoff seed. So thank you as always for listening to the show. You can find the podcast on Twitter at PWS's podcast on all other social media at Packs What She Said. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. And thank you for downloading and subscribing and making sure that you follow the podcast everywhere that you can listen to your favorite shows. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.